back to sector one the first stop you should make for your motorsport fix i'm sid i'm joined with lily maris and devon it's very nice to have the gang back together everyone is wow. finally it yeah. feels like such a long time that we've all sat down together yeah. to yeah. film a podcast mm. episode yeah definitely <laughs> but I it's been too long and i was mm-hmm. the last the last race review podcast i filmed was whatever was before silverstone that was ages that ago long. yeah yeah that was such a long time ago. I think the well, last we time back. I sat down was I don't remember the last time I sat down to film was probably. <laughs> right. So Hello. before we get started talking about the Dutch Grand Prix, we're just going to point you in a direction to help someone in the motorsport community. We know the motorsport community is very, very giving, and we do all come together in hard times. And this is one of those times. Joel Pearson is a racing driver. At 16, he received the devastating news that he had pelvic osteoblastic osteosarcoma, a rare and stubborn cancer only found in 5% of patients. Those who know him know his lifelong dream was to be a professional racing driver and to compete in Formula One. With a lot of hard work commitment, he was on his way to forming a career in motorsport after competing in two seasons of the Ginetta Junior Championship at just 14. Joel was meant to be stepping up and competing in British Formula Four starting in March 2020. But due to his diagnosis, he's had to postpone his dream of competing in single-seater race cars and start chemotherapy to help shrink his tumour. He is now 17, and after almost nine months of chemotherapy, the tumour is responding well, but cannot be completely eradicated by chemotherapy alone. Joel requires carbon iron therapy, a radiation treatment that only six centres worldwide can give him. Unfortunately, this is a treatment where the funding is not available on the NHS and cannot be be performed in the UK. Because of this, they've had consultations with many of the centres worldwide and have been accepted by Heidelberg Cancer Centre in Germany. The Heidelberg Centre in Germany is where, with your help, Joel will receive specialist treatment that will take over seven weeks to complete whilst needing daily treatment together with more chemotherapy during his stay. Costs to cover the treatment start at £270,000 and will increase with any additional MRI slash CT scans and chemotherapy and blood transfusions that he will need. It's appreciated that the cost is high and have therefore sent the target to they've set the target to £100,000 to help cover the initial costs, initial costs so that Joel can obtain the treatment necessary. All donations, large or small, are appreciated. This is a post made by Joel's sister. If you go over to her Instagram, it is underscore Abby, A-B-I, Pearson. That's underscore A-B-I-P-E-A-R-S-O-N. And if you can donate, anything that you can we know the motorsport community can always rally together you can go visit his instagram page as well that is joel pearson underscore racing you know it's horrible to see this happening and the motorsport community we're all so strong when we come together and i think it's a really good thing that we can all come together and help this yeah. guy out i think it doesn't matter how much you give really just exactly a any, pound anything. ten pounds anything yeah. helps right now on to the dutch grand prix yeah mm-hmm. it was it was I have mixed feelings about it, really. I have very mixed feelings. How did you guys yeah. feel about it? I think it was overhyped the, like for the yeah. race. Mm-hmm. I think watching the Formula 3 races, they were actually quite action-packed. Mm-hmm. And it was it was overtaken, you know. We, we saw things, whereas the F1, I feel like it was a bit anticlimactic. Yeah. I'm not complaining, yeah. you know. I, I loved every second of that race. <laughs> but the race, like, there wasn't much racing. It was just mm-hmm. more, especially in like, the front pack, where we wanted to see Lewis and Max wheel-to-wheel. Surely you're quite happy Ish. that there was no wheel to wheel racing between Lewis and Max because Max Maybe. came out on top. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like the fans made up for it though because they did. the crowds were amazing. I think we'll definitely talk about that further because I think Zanvor is like an amazing race now just because of the atmosphere that was there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But first, shall we go over to the pyramid? Fan favourite. Okay. So on the bottom of the pyramid, it's very difficult putting this guy here because he is an all-round amazing person. Unfortunately, Sebastian Vettel is at the bottom of our pyra- pyramid today. Yeah. And that's because he was the only driver in the race to actually make a proper mistake, which hurt his actual race finish. Um, Seb went for a little spin which almost took out Bottas as well because Bottas was coming around the corner this was actually on the banking I'm pretty sure it was very very good avoiding Mm. by Bottas but Seb it was just really annoying to see you know the memes come back about Seb spinning that's what I'm thinking of (laughs) yeah already yeah you could see him like 
rolling down the banking as well after he'd stopped and I was like that's kind of dangerous if you think yeah. this like car's coming full speed around that corner and he's like you know got to be so heavy on the brakes to not just roll straight back down the banking because it's I think it's a lot steeper than the tv made it look yeah yeah, definitely. yeah. It's a, apparently it's an 18 degree incline and to me yeah. that doesn't sound very much like I'm about the 90 degree but that'd be like an absolute death slide if it was like that. <laughs> so like yeah. 18 degree if you're, if you're yeah. watching the video right now I feel like it's about here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> degree yeah. Mm. <laughs> um so it's actually steeper than we think it is um yeah I really love the banking a lot but poor poor Seb finished the race P13 no points for Aston Martin this weekend which is obviously very very sad to see this was a team which I feel like we had so much hope belief, hope and belief that they'd actually yeah. do well this year because last year's season as Racing Point they did amazingly they did so yeah. well they had the they best season they ever had to, like exactly. capitalize from from what happened up ahead and you know Perez exactly. had that incredible win like coming from the back of the field and you know <laughs> that was exciting. Kind of mm. dropped off yeah it's really disappointing to see because obviously there was barely any changes in rules this year so what did they do which led to this decline in performance what was it or has everyone else improved so much that they've dropped they've, back do you know what yeah, I mean yeah that's what it could yeah. be easily yeah it's like everyone else seems to have taken a big jump forward and they're just sort of still stuck in 2020 yeah mm. I feel like, like this race surprised me with them because we've seen them have such good strategies like I remember in Baku they stayed out long and made a really good race for themselves because of that and this was one of those races mm -hmm. where we knew overtaking wasn't going to be a, that easy so they probably could have thought of their strategy considering they started so far back and they could yeah, have they, run them really they, long like they did Norris but they didn't really take advantage of it. They haven't had like an alternate strategy in a while because like mm -hmm. I remember us saying that Aston Martin are always the ones that will you know have recognized that they're not in the best sort of quality position and they'll just try and, you know, come up with some insane strategy to to put themselves back into it. But no, they've tend to just maybe played it a bit safe, but it's not really had any rewards. So yeah, Definitely. disappointing. Very disappointing yeah. from Aston Martin. Next on the pyramid, we have, I feel bad for this poor lady. I'm sure she's an absolutely lovely lady and she's yeah. very, very intelligent. She's amazing at her job. But this, apparently you're a strategist, so you're, you're on our yeah, I'm really, I'm really sorry. sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the Mercedes strategy team. Um, Meris, can you tell me a little bit about this, please? Why have we got Mercedes strategy team so low? Well, I think because they had, basically, they had everything to lose with the strategy because they had two drivers against one with Max. And then at the end of the race, when they pulled the whole, let's pit all the drivers for no reason, um, yeah. And then screwed Bottas over and all this other stuff that they didn't need to do. They sort of got themselves in a bit of a kerfuffle and there were other things they could have done to get at max. I feel like Mercedes either get it really right or really wrong. They don't really have an in-between anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's just a bit disappointing because the middle of the race was really good when you had, it was Bottas, Max, Hamilton. It looked like they'd done something really, really good, but obviously Max just had a lot of pace. Yeah. But... I'm not sure there was anything else they could have done, but I think it was just the end with the pit stops that just seemed and a bit silly. It was just all over the place for them, I feel. And did you see, I don't know, I'm assuming we all watched the same coverage, Sky Sports F1, um, yeah. but did you mm. see how Jensen and Nico Rosberg had a bit of a um, bit of a kind of oh, I disagreement love <laughs> on whether the, yeah. the strategy has been good this year? Because I think Nico said it was bad and Jensen was like, it's been really good. And it's, I feel like it hasn't been good or bad. They've had really bad moments. They've had really good moments. But yeah, mm. yeah they had a little bit of a disagreement on that. And that did make me smile. I, lo <laughs> I love a bit of driver disagreement, especially when it's the pundits. Yeah, yeah. yeah just Mercedes strategy was a just lot. Yeah, it says mm. a lot when like, I know Max was saying he was under pressure the whole race, but when Max's teammate is in another postcode, and they've got <laughs> both Mercedes drivers in the top three to like utilize. Mm -hmm. Surely they should have had some sort of scheme in place that would have been more successful. But yeah, as you said, it was they had every opportunity to take that to max, but they just 
couldn't. I think what's the, I feel like yeah, what's the most disheartening thing is they had two drivers to work with. Red Bull had one driver and, and they, they still managed, managed to win. To, they yeah. managed to win it and they managed yeah. to strategy. They had two drivers to literally mess around with. Like Valtteri Bottas, I think at this point we're pretty certain he's not going to be in a Mercedes seat next year. He's more than likely going to be in an Alfa Romeo. Like you'd think they'd just mess him around a little bit. Like how how Ferrari used to be with Sebastian sometimes. Yeah, just try something new. Like come try on. something, and then if it doesn't work, don't worry because we've still got Charles out there to then do the better option. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. And they yes, have um... a clear number one and number two driver. It's very much so written mm. down on paper that Lewis is number one and Valtteri is number yep. two. So mm. I don't know why they don't try some some more tactics. Yeah, I feel like they did the two stop that they could have done. But also give credit to, I think the Red Bull strategists were on it today with covering Hamilton and everything. So it may not be that they were that bad. It's just that Red Bull were on it and were covering everything they were doing. They are good at that, aren't they? Yeah. Right, next on the pyramid, I'm quite disappointed about this one, that it's solo down. Antonio Giovinazzi, mm. Italian. That so much promise. That, that accent was insane. So it's like, was that him? <laughs> Thank it's you, like he was here. Like, it was, it was, it was. Yeah. So Antonio Giovinazzi had his best qualifying of his whole Formula One career. He qualified P7, came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Um, really good quality. I, I want to take complete credit for his quality, though, because I said in a BBC <laughs> Radio Suffolk interview, that Antonio Giovinazzi was going to pull it out the bag. And the only reason I mentioned him is because I wanted to say his name in an Italian accent. <laughs> so I just found something to say to him. So I was like, hmm, I feel like Antonio Giovinazzi is going to have a good weekend. Just because just I thought, I want to say his name and that's the best yeah. way I can say it without mm-hmm. being too obvious. And then he manages to get himself P7. So I was like, that is all on me. Thank you very much. Yeah, It but- was quite impressive, but equally like we didn't really have a comparison reference for him obviously Robert mm-hmm. Kubica was in for for Kimi he's got Covid so yeah, was that Giovinazzi like overperforming or was like their genuine pace in the alpha just Kubica obviously is not raced in like two years jumped in the car like yesterday but Robert was, was saying to, to you know get up to speed did you hear Robert did a good job did, he, did you hear how he said that it was his, like, it was the best car he's driven since before his accident? Really? So I was like, That's... What? <laughs> I, I know he was in the wind, but like, Yeah, he wasn't on. in the best car. Mm. No, but wasn't Antonio Giovinazzi told that basically he has three races to drive for his career? Yeah. Off I, didn't, friend. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he was told off um, the team boss that he literally had three races to prove that he deserves the seat next season. Obviously, Spa didn't really count as a race yeah so I'm guessing it starts from now yeah I think you know (laughs) I think it will be let off and then starts from now and I think that's why he pulled out the bag in quality but he just sort of lost it in the race lost it in the race for sure get Callum Eilert in the seat guys come on up Mm -hmm. the Eilert up the boy (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he lost it in the race but the thing is the reason I didn't want to put him solo down is because it was because of a puncture I think he was already on his way to lose I think he lost like three possessions in the first corner or something yeah he did he was in p10 by the end of the first lap so yeah it's just he had a lot to lose as well and like and he lost it to be able to qualify well but if you can't convert that and can't prove that you can race in amongst like the big hitters then you know they're not going to keep one yeah Yeah. not young people I hate to be controversial Devon but you know your comment you've just made about, you know, qualifying, you have to be able to convert that to, you know, a race finish. Yeah. <clears throat> George Russell lacks in that department. He does I will, op- I, I will openly admit that. <laughs> I will openly agree with that because <laughs> there has been situations in the past where he has thrown it away. He's thrown away, like, his first points, obviously, like, before Hungary, multiple occasions on his own accord. So... I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad. I just wanted to be a bit controversial there. Um, I love that. Next on the pyramid, I can't remember who it is. Does anyone remember who it is, Max? I think I do, yeah. Mm. Who is it, Lily? Is it not Perez? Yeah. Sergio Perez! Mm. Chiquita! <laughs> um, that's his son, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sergio Perez started from the pit lane, had a new engine, his fourth engine of the season. 
was quite, it was, it was all right. He picked up everyone. He didn't yeah. get to where he could have been. He got up to P8. He, I think he had more potential. You know, we've seen him start from the pit lane and win a race, but that was with safety cars. Arguably, that's harder if there are safety cars and you need to make your way up the path. Kind of, but I suppose it bunches the field up more. Exactly. So like, as much again, as it makes it harder because you've got less laps racing, it's, you know, you get... You know, you're getting close to the people, and yeah. you've got less DRS and things like that. But I feel like he could have done a lot better. But he Red Bull points. I'm not complaining. Exactly, exactly. Mm. He had a flat spot, which compromised his strategy when he went onto the hard tires. He flat spotted his tires, which meant that he had to kind of go with a different strategy than what they were going to go for. Um, yeah. So I guess it's his own fault. Flat spot. That's obviously going to be your own fault, more than likely. I can't see that being yeah. any other reason than his own fault. But yeah, I think he had a good race. He really made his way up. He picked off these drivers, ticking them off the list one by one, and got himself especially, all the way up to P8. Especially when, like, other drivers really struggled to overtake and, like, it was, just... it was a little bit of a procession at times. I think he did He yeah. did well. And I also think that, I mean, he, he didn't make it out of Q1, which was poor but I don't think that was entirely his fault either so he definitely made up for it it wasn't like a faultless weekend from him but yeah as you said he got the points he needed to and I think it's also credit to the Red Bull strategy like obviously that happening at the beginning they maybe wouldn't have been a scenario that they would have planned ahead for so for them to kind of think right okay he needs to come in we need to make some sort of strategy decision that was so far Mm -hmm from anybody what anybody else was doing and he you know he still managed to to get up there was Mm. impressive I think considering the track Mm. sorry I said considering the track and everyone saying can't overtake impossible so many drivers didn't barely made up any places and he was literally what up 12 by the time he finished and they weren't like easy passes with DRS they were mainly all like overtakes around the outside risky moves and he had to he showed his skill by making all those moves he didn't have it easy. He was in the quickest car of the weekend, but he still had to, you know, put his best foot forward and take those risks to get there. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think what makes Sergio Perez like a great driver is the fact that on the track, obviously it was a very difficult track for overtaking because of how how thin it is that feels like a weird way to describe a track narrow. Narrow. it's very narrow, narrow. Yeah. narrow. narrow. <laughs> like thin narrow, narrow is the right one thanks guys um I think what makes him a great driver is because there were little places to overtake he managed to find where the best spots on the track were and yeah. he kept prancing on those exact same spots and I think that's really what makes him shine through as a great driver being able to get to that mm-hmm. exact same spot close in and make sure he's at that at that point in order so that you can overtake them so hats off to you Mr Sergio yeah. Perez I think that's what makes him different though to like obviously like Albon and Gaslow like in the Red Bull because when they'd had obviously like Albon I do think he deserves a seat but when he'd had crappier qualifiers where he wasn't getting out of Q1 come to the race it, you didn't really see him get that yeah. at times like you never saw him go for the moves whereas Checo you see him actually making a conscious effort constantly and yeah. that's why I think he makes the perfect teammate to Max and I think they're in the right to sign him for next year mm-hmm. because he's always trying to be up there and be the number two because he knows he's a number two and he's always trying to be that number two whereas Gasly and Alvin wouldn't Gasly even more wouldn't make up the spots and would just stay sat there and not even try I'm certain on Sergio Perez's contract it says number two like and he has to sign that bit like tick that he understands Mm. yeah you know and you understand the terms and conditions that is the top two yeah take this box to confirm your yeah Mm. to a uh, second driver position exactly exactly yeah next on the pyramid is a driver who used to be in Sergio Perez's seat Pierre Gasly Pierre Gasly Mm. had an outstanding weekend he qualified P4 best of the rest and he finished P4 best of the rest I'm chuffed for him I'm really chuffed for him Mm -hmm. his performance this year has been incredible and it's been great seeing him like kind of beat Sergio Perez in like terms of like statistics and everything yeah he's really showing that he has the talent and that it possibly was Red Bull the other reason that he didn't wasn't doing well it wasn't an environment that he thrived in 
clearly it works mm-hmm. for Max, it works for Checo, but it was not an environment that Pierre Gasly or Alex Albon could work in. And no, it's really I showing think... it was never a doubt in his talent. His talent no. was... Yeah. I think the fact that he's in... I wouldn't even say... Obviously, he was the best of the rest this weekend, but I wouldn't say that the Alpha Tower is the best oh, of the rest, no, like the best of the midfield at like, all. Yeah. Obviously, when you look at him compared to Sonoda, like, there's a massive gap, and Sonoda's just not really up there. I think he was brought up too fast, and he's not up there, so Pierre looks exceptional compared to him anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. this weekend's really proven why he deserves, like, a top seat in F1, but not with Red Bull. Not yeah, with Red Bull, as much as it pains yeah. my heart to say, as much as I'd love him back in the Red Bull overalls, I do not think it would work for him. I don't think he's got Checo and Max have a completely different personality to him. And I don't think he has the personality to fit in and be able to stand up for himself in the team. It's not even necessarily anything against Red Bull. Like Red Bull might not be doing oh, anything is. wrong. <laughs> it might, <laughs> yes, it it might not necessarily be that. It just might not be a, a, a um an environment that works for Pierre. It works yeah. for Max. It works for Checo. That's because they've probably got different personalities. They're used to different things. Checo has been in so many different teams. He probably knows what to expect when you're number two kind of thing because possibly maybe he's been number one before or he's been number two. Pierre Gasly is doing amazing in AlphaTauri. To me, AlphaTauri are the car just ahead of Alfa Romeo. Yeah. And like behind Alpine yeah. and Aston Martin. Yeah. I always I- think of like... Pierre and Yuki are like in different teams. In my mind, they're not in the same team. Yeah. I'm like, Pierre's like, in front of Alpine and Yuki's like behind them or I, it's just mm. in my mind I see him Yuki's like behind in his own league yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly oh, exactly dear. right at the top of the pyramid this brings me so much joy to say I feel like I'm hosting a talent show and I'm about to tell you who the winner is <laughs> He's one, yeah. and the winner of X Factor is Max Verstappen I can't even put it into words right now <laughs> there's no words to describe it we have come out as the orange mm. army. I think it's actually quite fitting that Maris didn't have anything orange to wear with her because I don't think she actually is a part of the orange army. <laughs> no. Yeah, you guys all like, oh, let's go to Zanvot for the for the Grand Prix. And I'm <laughs> like, I would love to go, but I'd feel so out of place. So I'll let you guys yeah. buy the flag oh, for I us would, there. Honestly, I would love every second of that. Oh my God, we should get a sector one flag. Stop. I mean, I it is orange. I think I'm going to go next year. So. Exactly. It is orange, so we do care. <clears throat> really, I, I will really literally go with you next year. Honestly, like, it's on the Take list. Take all my money. Singapore and Zandavort are on the list for next year. Max Verstappen, top of the pyramid, didn't set a foot wrong the whole weekend, and he is now three points ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the championship standings. It's great to see. It's so good. What are the Constructors' Championship looking like? Oh, it's, it's quite. A, it's still Mercedes. I think ahead. it's like ten-ish points. Twelve points behind. Red Bull are twelve points behind Mercedes at the minute. That's yeah. not. That's not bad. But yeah, Max wins at his home Grand Prix. I yeah. don't think he's really sunk into him yet. I don't think he's been able to like let loose from like the vibe he was giving off all weekend because he said there was such high expectations for him that was so difficult to achieve. Like he didn't yeah. really want to get himself lost in the whole like. I'm at home, my home Grand Prix, everyone here is cheering for me kind of thing. So I can't wait till that fully sinks in for Max. And he's like, wait a second. I just won in front of 75,000 of my fans all wearing orange. Like, No, they that- were. It was insane to see. It was, it was the best thing I've ever seen in my whole I'm life. Imagine getting people <laughs> like, about it now. You're like, chills. Like, mm. Then to top home. it off, the Tiesto set afterwards. That just that that topped the whole weekend off for me. Like that just made the weekend. Like Max's win, Tiesto set, Tiesto waving the checkered flag. Oh yeah, I I was born to be Dutch. Like I wasn't meant to be British, (laughs) but I was meant to be Dutch. Let's be honest. See, my favorite, my favorite Dutch um, DJ is actually Martin Garrix. Well, you're basic, aren't you? (laughs) That's basic. Like that's that's a basic choice. Wow, Lily. Wow, (laughs) says you. I think it's like extra impressive from Max that it's not like this has been building this year it's been building like the last two three years because obviously last year he didn't have it and he's had all this expectation on him for so long and apparently he did the pole app and his DRS failed yeah, or something yeah. DRS and he lost him yeah he lost some tents there and he still got pole and Shows he was put under so much pressure today and he didn't make any mistake like not even like running wide nothing exactly that's what i was so shocked about so much pressure but you know what lance stroll once said in a netflix documentary <laughs> diamonds are made <laughs> under pressure, made under pressure. 
That accent, Sid, your accents today are on fire. On thanks, point, Sid. Lily, thanks. <laughs> right, I think that takes us to the end of the pyramid, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. It's time for the race rundown. Let's get excited about banking because I don't know about you, but I played it on the Formula One game like earlier on in the season earlier in the season when it came out and I was driving around having a time of my life feeling like a Formula yeah, 1 driver as you, as you and I arrive at Zandvoort picture the scene Sydney Barge yep, driving for Aurelia Pearl Racing my sister yep. came <laughs> arrives at Zandvoort I'm in a beautiful orange livery I get in the car I absolutely send it that banking <laughs> makes you so fast on the game like you're actually flying I feel like I was a plane about to take off and that was that was just a game so I can't imagine how the drivers no, are feeling. No, it must be mad. Because it is a lot of Gs as well because of how mm. twisty and tight it is and how little straights there are. It's very, very toll taxing on the body. Yeah. So I can't imagine that. But the banking, mm. I could it's so good. that. Honestly, like, yeah. Mm. I, I love that it's... I believe like, it when you in the practice sessions. Like when we first saw them going around, mm. I was like, well, I didn't really know what to expect from it like in a Formula One car. And it, it reminds was just me... Like, what is that what is that sport it's a winter sport and they oh, do it like in film pool runnings bobsled yeah, yeah. Bobsled. i <laughs> get i got you yeah they go around on the side the mm. banking yeah. um i love it meris mm. i think i love the track banking. so much because it's so old school like if yeah. they make a mistake that's it in the gravel or in the wall which means every it will like separate the drivers who are really good mm-hmm. and who will struggle and yep. the banking just tops off because i think one lap racing around there or quality is so fun to watch because literally dip would turn the gravel like a tiny bit I say toe wheel you know <laughs> what I mean um and literally like you saw in f3 the gravel was all over the track because they just slightly Dipping touch it but in. I love that yeah I love that because you can't make any error mm-hmm. it yeah. is brilliant like that it's it's such it's a driver's track and I feel like yeah. as fans, we may not get to see the best racing out of it, but I'm assuming the drivers absolutely love it because it is a mm. perfect track for them. It's like Monaco. Monaco, realistically, is the racing any good? Yes. No, no mm. the racing yes. is <laughs> It's boring. They're, they're the race is iconic. Mm. I, I enjoy the race. Iconic. Yeah, I enjoy the race because of how close it is and how like... History. Yeah. That's it, why I that, enjoy that's it. That's why we love it. Because yeah. it's a spectacle. Yeah. So I Thing feel like Zandvoort yeah. could become that because I love today's race because of the atmosphere, because of how yeah. loud the fans were, because of just the oh, whole God. vibe of the track. I loved that race, even though it was really dull. Yeah. The thing is, it's races like this where you can have like strategic um, mm-hmm. plays and things like that. That's where these races, that's what you see. So it's not always yeah. overtaking. So I don't think it will always be dull because we have stuff like that exactly. to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I can't remember who it was that said it, but one of the pundits was like, the only reason we've come to Zandvoort is because of Max. And like, you know, it's it's a great track, but like, if Max wasn't in the sport, would we be looking at the track as like an option? Who knows? But like the fact that it's almost like we've come, come across like a hidden gem, like because of yeah. Max, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, Love you. That, Love it's you. great. But yeah, yeah, I think there's like definitely like some tweaks they need to make to like make overtaking mm-hmm. and stuff a bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't you know what they could maybe need to widen some of the tracks somewhere because it was really skinny. Um, skinny. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got potential to be like a great race. 100%. Now let's actually talk about the race itself, stuff which happened over the weekend. First, we're going to talk about the Haas drivers. Yay. Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. So in Formula One, if you're a long-term Formula One fan, you'll know there's this little thing called the gentleman's agreement. It's kind of just completely made up. That's realistically <laughs> what it is. They yeah. just all feel like they should have this gentleman's agreement because they're men. Whoop, whoop. They should all yeah. be shaking hands and dealing with stuff like men. No, thanks. Don't really care for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Nikita Mazepin tries to overtake Mick Schumacher in qualifying because it was Nikita's turn to have the like be kind of the preferred yeah. driver almost. Yeah. So he's and in he, hash, they're never going to get out of Q1, but just to have the turn. But we see Mercedes do that. Mercedes yeah, do that. Red it's Bull. Lewis's week. Everyone does it. Everyone Red Bull used does to have the that. issues with Max and Daniel when Daniel, Daniel doesn't move yeah. out of the way. And yeah, you know, it happens mm-hmm. all the time. And we've seen another issue like this. So because Nikita was trying to get around of 
around the outside of Mick. Mick then swerves because he's like, no thanks, I want track position. It then ruins Sebastian Vettel's chances of setting a good oh, lap. Oh, it ruins Seb's mm. lap, let's be honest. Like, no one gets away exactly. with that. Exactly. <laughs> and that was and just, like, low-key dangerous as well. Like It was very, mm. very dangerous. So close. It could have been really bad. And if it was, like, anybody else if it was say it was like another rookie that was like involved there's a high chance if it wasn't Seb then who knows what could have you know come of it that was kind of scary the thing about this situation that really aggravates me is you know in in the press they were all saying this I know Nikita was using some choice words he was very frustrated about it I understand Nikita's frustration. Yeah, 100%. I think Nikita should have had Mick move out of the way. I think there should have been t- team orders, so to say, come into yeah. play there. Mm-hmm. Nikita Maspin, because of what he'd done in the past, which he's apologised about, which he we're we're kind of over. We're not over it in terms of what he's done. No, but, but like he's showing actively active change in a way. Exactly, yeah. like he's, yeah, he's, he's not been a bit he's changed yeah. and made a difference. He hasn't done anything of the sort since. But he will always be seen as the villain. He will always be the bad yeah. guy. Mm. And so in all of these situations, Mick Schumacher couldn't put foot wrong. I'm a huge Mick Schumacher fan. Yeah, I think we all are. Mick will mm. always be Amazing. a person who will like, oh, Mick, Mick, Mick can walk on eggshells. Is that right? Yeah. No, as in, like, people think he can't do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah people like, think even, even in, yeah. 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 Thanks, Even Sarah. in this Thanks, situation, Sarah. he's slightly right. in the wrong. Mm. Exactly. No People one will be like, like, oh, it was Nikita's fault. Nikita shouldn't have done that. Mm. <coughs> All right. Equally, oh when it's like, when it's just a gentleman's agreement, like there's nothing that, there's nothing they have to do, like on paper, like you must do this, you must do that. Like if it's mm-hmm. just something like that, that it's just kind of a mutual agreement, you're never going to get people that like, stick with that and it's like it's not just those yeah like other as you know as Lily was saying with Red Bull in the past doing that Mercedes still doing it you just can't expect everybody to oblige to it but equally like you can't have it both ways like if the roles were reversed both drivers would still be annoyed Mm -hmm. but then I think if it the fact that like you know they have this sort of agreement and the one is only going to repay the other if they do it for them. It, you ha- it has to be reciprocated. And just like, mm-hmm. they just, they seem to be at each other's throats in like the media as well. And it's just. I think if it was the other way around, I feel like if it was Mazepin that had done that to Mick though, the, it would have been a, yeah, it'd have been, it would be a completely, I think that's the issue. Like, I don't really care, like, you know, to have, the, have the issue in the team. It's up to the team to sort it. I think the issue is, is how biased the media is in this situation. Because if it was flipped and it was Mazepin who wasn't letting Mick pass, you know, he'd deserve, he'd, like, head on a stick, you know, die, you know. He doesn't to deserve die. to mm. race in Formula One. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or he'd be like, oh, you need to die, yeah. you need to crash and die. Like, that would be sad. Mm-hmm. But like in this situation, every, like everyone thinks, oh, Mick's right, Mick's right. Or no, just because mm-hmm. that's who he is doesn't mean he's right all the time. Yeah, exactly. they'd be calling him Mazepin dangerous and everything. Like, yeah, what a dangerous driver. The, yeah, even but though they haven't, I haven't heard Mick was say, being oh, dangerous. That was really like dangerous of Mick. He shouldn't have done that. Like, no one I said do, that. Yeah, I do think Mick was being dangerous and I do think it shouldn't have happened. So but then Hass are responsible. Apparently, the two drivers made contact during the race, I've heard. I haven't seen any footage. I but apparently Nikita had yeah. in lap on lap like two or three that I saw them two battling, like pitted. very close like them two mm. were like extremely closely fighting it was mm. to the point where I thought oh my god like these two were taking each other mm. out into the wall yeah so, I saw yeah. it was like lap two or three and Max was lapping Schumacher and I thought surely not already they're not that slow yeah um and I think it's because they pitted or something yeah oh, okay. like it's like a 40 mm. second stop or something to change his mm. nose but I think he he didn't say in the media explicitly what it was about and whether that was because they just like had an issue with the nose or like you know it wasn't quite right they never really came out and said but then you know I did see stuff on Twitter about like contact between those two as well so well, Nikita Maspin unfortunately didn't finish the race. He had to retire with hydraulic issues. He was the first of our two retirements. And Mick Schumacher finished in last, which was P18 today, because we had two retirements from Maspin and Sonoda. Okay, now, Devon, talk to me about McLaren. 
the real reason we're wearing orange right now yeah. <laughs> correct they just had a bit of a shocker this weekend um Lando for the first time this season didn't make it into Q3 Daniel said he felt really comfortable in Q1 and 2 um it was only until he got to Q3 that he wasn't quite happy with you know how they set out to qualify I guess um he started P10 um Lando is like P13 um and then it well I, I don't understand the strategy that McLaren sort of adopted they didn't really seem to have a set strategy they left Lando out for ages I think he was like did like 40 something laps on on a set of mediums and I think they were got to the point where they were hoping for a safety car and because there was no safety car they then started kind of using Daniel for Lando's advantage despite the fact that Daniel was higher than Lando at the time because like in my head like obviously p3 and the constructors is their like main goal their fight is with ferrari and surely like if they prioritize daniel to get up to a higher position that would be more points than just trying to get lando into the points by compromising yeah. daniel and i just i just i did there was parts of it that were like made sense obviously because lando pitted so late he had much fresher tires than daniel so like the obvious decision would be for um to let Lando through which I believe they did and then Daniel was told to hold up Perez obviously to protect Lando in front instead of just like you need to defend from Perez because he's going to take your position if that makes sense it just all seemed very Lando centered this weekend which I don't know whether was a mm. the best decision yeah Mm. It, Daniel's race this weekend really was for Lando's benefit wasn't it and yeah. I really feel like that mm. shouldn't have been the case bearing in mind Daniel was ahead all weekend so realistically Daniel should have been prioritized but what can you do when the other driver gets ahead because of strategy Lando hadn't even pit I don't think at this point had he pit I really don't um, know no. yeah, well, well when they did all the sort of team orders it was like after he came out of the pits because I think okay. they had a bit of a slow stop and whether that put him behind Daniel when he came out of the pits I'm not sure whether like the plan was to get him in and out ahead yeah. of Daniel anyways it might have been the initial plan but mm. yeah a positive yeah. to take away from this discussion about the McLaren boys is Daniel Ricciardo was smoking at the beginning and apparently George said he was putting oil on the track Daniel mm. Ricciardo finished the race mm. engine did not blow Positives, guys. Very positive. <laughs> Did you see the start of the race? Yeah. And Daniel was waving out of his car. He couldn't get into first gear and he was sat there on the grid and he was like clicking all the buttons really frantically and he only just made it to pull away, but he was properly yeah. like waving out of his car. It turned out that like, so one side wouldn't work, but the one to downshift would work. So I don't know what mm. was going on there, but thankfully the situation resolved itself and Daniel could race, which positives, guys, positives. Yeah, positive. yeah. <laughs> okay, Lily, I want to know about Red Bull's surprise. Well, I, I don't know whether to say Yeah. Because they have I had think so. However, it, it did feel like it came out of nowhere this weekend. Yeah, I feel like the practice sessions, Max didn't really get a clean lap in P1 or P2. Mm -hmm. at all like you know red flags came out left right and center and every time he was on a fast lap you'd hear the roar of the crowd then you'd see the red flag so we never actually got to see like a representative time until practice three and even then I feel like it was sandbagging because it was representative but I don't feel like it was compared and then, to but, what yeah. Out in the race and yeah. Then, yeah and even in quality like the laps they were I say the laps they whipped out the laps Max whipped out in quality I think Checo could have been up there if he had just made the line in time. Well, obviously, because he didn't mm. make the line, he couldn't. But I think the lap Max whipped out having no DRS, Incredible. that was the shocking Very thing. Impressive. I think if it had been with DRS, it would been like, oh, well, I kind of expected them to be, you know, under a 10th, you know, expect that. And then the fact he whipped that out with no DRS. And I don't know, that just that's mad to me. I think that just shows what a talent he is, mm. Sid. I've got a point to add about Red Bull's pace. So I watched Ted's note because I'm determined that I'm going to steal his job. Um, Red Bull had an up had upgrades at Spa. Not too sure what the upgrades were, but obviously Spa we didn't see any racing. Works, so yeah, 
this is potentially us seeing the potential that the upgrades I just said potential for far too much we're seeing yeah. how good the upgrades actually were that's what Hamilton thinks it's what the Mercedes team think the upgrades they pulled out of the bag and look at us we're in the second half of the season and we've had two Max Verstappen wins guys mm. I, I am extremely happy with this. we've had seven this season haven't we he's won seven yeah so seven, and he's only had lot, like yeah. seven or eight like in his previous seasons combined mm. yeah. I think yeah I see like coming into the season he had like three poles and now he has like yeah. 10 or yeah. something so many yeah. I think it shows Red Bull's yeah Red Bull's jump this year whether it's just been that Mercedes haven't developed that much but I feel like they have as well but mm-hmm. Red Bull's jump from like the end of last season obviously it was, it was only like a three-month break this year was it it yeah. really wasn't a long mm-hmm. break mm-hmm. and I feel like the jump from where they were then to Bahrain was insane they really did something well. Like they really pulled it out of the bag, and I'm hoping that they can carry that into. I've said pulled out of the bag so many times, like pulled out of the bag, <laughs> pulled out of the bag. I'm hoping they like find a way to take that into 2022 with the new Rex because mm-hmm. that would be very good. I'm back on Red Bull pace. Max had like a three second lead within three, four like two laps. laps. Oh, yeah, two yeah. laps. Mm-hmm. By the end of mm-hmm. lap one, it was like a one point second, one point seven second lead. Now was like, mm-hmm. hello. <laughs> Hang what? on a second. What is this? It's like the, the crowd's just pushing him forward. Yeah. Literally, it was like a whole corner in front of everyone else. Honestly. Because, like, when like, you look at... It's even his star. Like, his star, he was, like, turned three, and everyone else normally just got off yeah. the line. I was like, what? When you look at the previous races where we've had, like, Max and Lewis on the front row, it's always been a bit like, oh, well, they're, like, kind of wheel yeah. to wheel. But, like, he was just... He was off. He closed no, he left that Lewis. so quickly. He closed the corner right in front of Lewis, and Lewis yeah. had no option apart from to it wait was, behind him. Was it like, was how far ahead he was, though. Like the big, the gap between the two of them it, it before just the like first that. corner. One second expect, already. Yeah, I expected to see you know a little bit of something around mm-hmm. turn one, turn two, maybe even turn three. I expected to see them close, but honestly, Max was literally finishing the lap, and Lewis was like, "Yep, just getting off the line." Like he was just. <laughs> There's literally nothing in his whole racecraft that he can't do. Like the start, he's got down. Like team can do the pit stops, got the pace, literally everything. There's nothing that you can fault him on. Honestly, I think his starts used to be a little bit shoddy, but I think that was more on Red Bull's side last year. Red Bull had an issue with like the was it like the upshift or something? They had an issue with yeah. with it starting. And then finally they've nailed it. They've nailed it. They've literally nailed the whole car this year. We're going to say this in the rest of the season. Hamilton wins every single race out <laughs> of 25 seconds. Words, yeah. Honestly. But I think he's got all the all the hallmarks of a world champion this year. Mm-hmm. I do think he does. I like the sound of that. Yeah. No. I just think, you know, I feel like this could be. I feel like he's going to go down to the last race, though, which I think is going to be insane. Like I a last lap. Said- Imagine that. I've always said that I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop in like I'm just waiting mm. for Miss Aides to come back and just like win like you, six races in a row. Yeah. But well, it just usually yeah. happening. Usually spas where they obviously I know we didn't really have a race at Spa, but the quality at Spa, like Lewis Hamilton, you expected to, I expect I was obviously I couldn't watch it live, but when I was getting the updates of everyone, I expected him to be on pole with the weather. Yeah, because he is a wet weather master. Like I'll give that to Lewis. Like no one can take that away. How like, his racecraft in the rain and his laps he can part in the rain are insane. But it just Mercedes don't seem to be there anymore, and I'm not complaining at the moment. <laughs> not complaining. Meris, I was going to come to you to talk about Mercedes strategy, but I'm thinking, you know what? I want to talk to you about still Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the fastest lap quarrels. Yes, that brought me a lot of joy. Oh, yeah, I love what Bottas very, said. Very honestly, so widely. Thing is, so in Bottas's, I think it was first stint right at the end when they kept coming for ages. He said he had vibrations, and then they they used that excuse as to why they pulled Valtteri in again. They said, "Oh, you had a, you in just in case of vibration, we're going to bring you in precaution." Yeah. I think that's a load of rubbish. Because he didn't say I that was that. happening on that set of tyres. Yeah. That was a different set of tyres. So they were just covering their back. I don't know why they pitted him. There was like, if they yeah. want Hamilton to have the fastest lap, they should have left them both out. Because there was no reason to bring Bottas in because he didn't have vibrations. So to bring him in, give him those tyres and then say, actually, can you go slow on them when they're the fast tyres? He can't go slowly. 
I don't know exactly. what they expected him to do. And they were like, oh, driver to go can you slow down? Like, Valtteri, can you slow down? Yeah. Okay, Valtteri, it's James. And then it goes, purple. I was like, to be honest, good for you, Bottas. Yes, because they can't. the team can't say to you, essentially, by, by pitting him, they're saying, do the fastest lap. Because that's what that means with, like, three, four laps to go. And then they go, actually, nah, we don't want you to. They just pitted twice is, for no reason. It is, like, two laps. And you're like surely the tyres can't be that urgent that we need to come in for a pit stop in case there's like a big, you know, blowout or whatever. Like that would have been building up and Valtteri would have been complaining about that first. But for him to yeah. basically come out and be like, oh, why have we pitted if I'm not getting the fastest slap? Yeah. It does suggest that the team just said that to kind of Yeah, and then up. they said to him, because you're having vibrations and Valtteri's gone, no, I'm not. I'm not. Why have you just told me um, that, that's happening? And yeah. the thing is, they could have, if, God forbid, if, like, Verstappen had made a mistake or something, they could, Lewis would have still been three seconds behind. But he wasn't. He finished, like, what, 25 seconds behind. Mm-hmm. Bottas yeah. was nearly a minute behind. So those two pit stops, if something had happened at the front, they'd bottled it because they were that far behind. So it was very they, strange. I kind they'd of had wanted... another, like, Monaco pit stop and have, like, a 48-hour pit stop, like... Yeah. That exactly, that's so such a big risk to take. Lost, yeah. That would have been... I, 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 I don't wish that on anyone, but <laughs> if it had got a little bit of a longer... Like, a bigger lead in the championship, as long as it's no, like, no-one's getting injured, no-one's getting hurt, at a 48-hour pit stop, no-one's getting injured there. Mm. I'll take it. Yeah, I was going to say actually the pit stops in this race it was extra like dodgy because of how was, tight the pit lane was. They were so dangerous. They literally had to, the pit crew in front had to pull the wires out of the way so they wouldn't run anyone over or anything. So whenever they pulled out, it looked really close. So we've spoken about pretty much every team, but just so I cover, I cut co- we cover all the bases bases today. Bases today. <laughs> um, double points for Alpine. Ocon was complaining about being behind Fernando Alonso. Apparently, he was faster than Fernando, but then Fernando was a lot faster, and Ocon was trailing behind. Blue flags really did hurt Ocon during this race. George Russell technically didn't finish the race, but it looks like he was still classified. He had to retire with gearbox issues because he had that five-second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. He let me down this race. He had to stop for five seconds before they could have a look to see if they needed to retire him because of the gearbox. So (laughs) a right To be fair, I want to defend Russell because I think the pit stop, um, the pit lane speed was slower than normal. Still, he should know the other, that. The other but pit just... lane limiter on the steering wheel that you press, yeah, it, it exactly. Push, it pushes so the speed. You just didn't click the button, in and it's like George, just press the button. Mm. You know, <laughs> th- there is a there is a big button there. And finally, the other team we haven't really touched on is Ferrari. They had a reasonably good race. Charles Leclerc finished P5. Carlos Sainz finished P7. Sainz was saying that there was something wrong with the car and tyres. He really couldn't get them to work. It was quite similar to the situation we saw in France. And he did drop back, not being able to get the car really working to how he wanted it to be. However, he did finish P7. Some really good points for Ferrari, which puts them ahead of McLaren in the championship. It is time for hit or miss. I'm going to start. Bottas is my hit, simply okay. because of those team orders. Very, very happy <laughs> to see him completely defying everything. She's not, Sid doesn't like other girls. She chooses Bottas as her hit. <laughs> I was very, very happy. Okay. I'm different. <laughs> I was very happy to see Bottas just doing what he wanted to do. And yeah, I, I just absolutely loved it. And, you know, to be even more controversial, um, because I'm different... Lewis Hamilton is my miss because it's different. He was really annoying me. I know he finished P two, but he was going like talking about what could have happened. Oh, you shouldn't have picked. You shouldn't have picked me that, that early on. Look what we could have done. Yeah, we don't do if buts and maybes, Lewis. We do absolutes. Realistically, you can't go go any better than this. Now that's happened. It's in the past. Get on with the race. Honestly, Sid is. Get on with it. Sid is different to other girls, guys. Sid is different to the F one fans. Okay. I think everyone can guess my hit. I don't I think I think everyone knows who my hit is. I'm being a basic bitch, okay? My hit happens to me, Max. And it's just because the joy it brought me. Obviously, I didn't get to watch last week's mm-hmm. race. Uh, do we call it a race? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I didn't get to watch last week's swim. Well, I don't right. know what else. Like, swim. Yeah, like the, the four hours of nothingness. Like I was very happy being stood watching, you know, 
diggity, not that, you know. Mm-hmm. I was gonna very happy. But I saw a race, I saw Max win, lights to flag, he did everything right, he put a foot wrong. Just that's all I can say. And then my my yeah, miss, for more. My mm. miss is actually George Russell. <gasps> okay, I know it's I'm gonna, you know, I'm being I'm being different too, so I'm being different. But it's just because I think the issue with the pit lane really bugged me because I know it was slower, but they'll just set the pit lane limiter slower. You just press a button and it keeps you, I don't know how, was it like, it's usually 60 kilometres, is it? Was it 40? Yeah. I, was, I think it was like 50 or 40 this week. Just press the button, it keeps you there. You know, it's not it's not hard. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I'm speaking to someone who's never been in a racing car and never, well, I've never had to use the steering wheel. Like, I've seen one, but never had to use it. So it could be a lot harder. But it's a button. Come on, George. And I think he's qualifying let me down as well. Okay. I know he's apologised, mm-hmm. but no, it's not enough. Come on, George. You're in the Mercedes Maris. next year. <laughs> Come on. Mary's hit or miss? My hit is Sergio Perez, because I feel like, Quali, he did have the pace. It wasn't. It was kind of out of his control with the outlap, and it was a bit slow. Was disappointing, but he did have a comeback on a track that's really hard to overtake on, and I think that makes it more impressive that he I still was managed to make all those overtakes. Um, and it was fun to watch as well. I feel like that was actually made the race a bit exciting when he was coming through the field. So he is my hit, and then my miss. I'm just going to say Aston Martin in general because of their, uh-huh. you know, the poor pace. Seb made the mistake and Stroll qualified P12, finished P12, and he was stuck behind George for like literally the entire race and could not get past him. So, yeah, yeah they are my miss. Devon, hit or miss? My hit is Fernando Alonso. Um, I think he scared the living life out of all of us in that first like lap around the banking. He was kind of all over the place. If you, I'll do a little cheeky plug for the uh, Sector One Google Box box video that's coming yeah. out. You'll see my reaction to that because he was kind of, you know, very close and taking the risks and he did have a great first lap and made up a good couple of places. And then obviously towards the end, he was catching Carlos Sainz um, and managed to take uh, P6 from him. So yeah, solid effort from Fernando. Um, and my miss is Giovinazzi. Um, we obviously talked about it earlier. Just had a lot to lose, as I said. Um, obviously, his puncture didn't help, but he kind of lost all of his um, good work in the first like lap. Poor yeah. start, mm-hmm. and then just got swallowed up by people like Fernando Alonso, who you know just weaved his way through. But mm-hmm. yeah, just poor. Well, that was the Dutch Grand Prix. Let us know your drive of the day and your not-so-driver of the day. Uh, hit or miss. Let us know your hit or miss. Let us know your hit or miss. Why should I just say that? Um, let us know what you thought of the Dutch Grand Prix. And make sure you go to our description and try and donate anything that you have, anything you can doesn't donate. Have, yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot. To I donated like £25. That's... I really have but I donated it you could donate literally a pound, a pound. as Tesco's yeah, once anything. said every little helps <laughs> really you. does next week yeah